little baby owl between Ernesto <laughs> Mancibo and Pablo Morawi Martinez. Oh my God! Next, we we talk about breasts and which <laughs> nipple is the bestest? Is it I, the white one or the left one? I prefer the left one. <laughs> it has it has a nipple wing in it. <laughs> oh my! I God. swallow the nipple wing there, which is why. <laughs> I have brain damage. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Join us for our new show, RVT Junior. <laughs> RVT Babies. RVT Babies. Oh, RVT man. Babies. <laughs> Catch us on Nick Junior. <laughs> and Babies Are Us. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, someday. Yeah. Um, what do we talk about here? Did you see that dude that was dressed up like a rat on the subway? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he totally impersonated the uh, the pizza rat uh, phenomenon of a few years ago. Am I the only one that feels annoyed by that guy? Like, I, I immediately when I saw that guy, I was like, I hate this dude. I just hate him so much. <laughs> He he is he's a victim. I mean, the this uh, pandemic and the quarantine has driven all of us a little nuts, just a little nuts. <laughs> and uh, he chose to express his in a healthy, albeit weird way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking the guy for for going a little batty. I mean, who hasn't like just you know masturbated in public while wearing a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man outfit? You know, out in full view. That reminds me, if you live in New York City and you run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locales in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island, and Pavel's Ass. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out our website at www.cityrunningtours.com forward slash New York City. <laughs> so I noticed that you tagged on that little jokey joke uh, about, you know, about my ass in there intended to get a rise out of me. But uh, well, let me tell you, man. I mean, I I I think it is a staple of the tour itself. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 the reason why a lot of tourists come to New York. And let me tell you, you know, I've been told you could see it from space. Hi, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. But is it a safe neighborhood? <sighs> is it a safe neighborhood to run through at night? That's what people want to know. Oh, dude. Uh, is it a safe neighborhood to run through at night? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the air can get a little noxious, can Duh. get a little lumpy. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. I'm saying maybe the, the neighborhood's a little full of shit. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, uh. 
It likes yes. the smell of its own farts. <laughs> I'm making a lot of fucking uh, hacky ass puns, but whatever. <laughs> We've run through the gamut. Oh, boy. Well, uh, just to let people know while they're running through the show <laughs> that I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And I'm Pablo Morali Martinez. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> You've tuned into the right show uh, for creamy, delicious voices and talking about ass jokes, comparing and contrasting movies, and sometimes politics. We're doing our long-running segment about movie fights. We're pitting two movies against each other. This week, two specific movies about assassins being exiled, men out of work, (laughs) unemployed, searching for a reason to keep on going. We're talking about In Bruges versus... George Clooney's The American. Uh, so let's kick it off. Which uh, which show you want to start off with? E. I'd like to start with uh, In Bruges, if In you Bruges. don't mind. Okay, yes. all right, all right. Let's uh, let's take a a brief little tour tour uh, Belgium. Uh, have you ever been? By the way, no, I haven't. I've never been to Belgium. Okay, I hear great things. I, I hope to one. I, I hope to one day go. I hear great things about it, actually. Um, oh, yeah? Which, it, so it, I mean, it was it, it was kind of weird because in this film, um, uh, Colin Farrell's character was uh, just kind of shitting on the place. Uh, yeah. He has some choice words about it. Yeah, and I was just like, huh, I've only heard nice things about Belgium, but maybe you know, maybe that's the one part of Belgium that's just mostly uh, boring. But uh, yeah, I've never been to Bruges, but. It seems like it'd be a nice place to visit. It looks like I, I couldn't quite tell what time period this film was set in. If uh, this film came out in 2008, but I can't tell if it's 2008 in the film. I, I saw no uh, indication of uh, Internet or uh, they're definitely I mean, smartphones really just came out around that time. So. People wouldn't really have had those. I didn't see a BlackBerry anywhere. Remember those? Yeah. I. You know what? Now that I think back on this movie, it's so funny to get another pair of eyes to see what's going on in this movie because I didn't see a single... I didn't see a single piece of technology. Maybe I might have seen a flip phone once, mm. but I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. Yeah, you're. you're right. It's like once they get there, once they get to Bruges, like technology, I feel like ceases to exist. <laughs> I and mean, that, that I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, 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 please, please go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, and I think that leads to the dreamlike nature of the film, because mm. this, I, I feel like the film itself is kind of this. It's like these two hitmen that end up in purgatory. I mean, I I know there have been other people who have analyzed this movie uh and and have spoken about it much better than I ever will but uh uh um I do get the sense that it is kind of a a purgatory kind of movie uh where these two hitmen there's a lot of real religious iconography uh there's no technology everything feels very dreamlike mm-hmm. uh so so yeah um 
that's that's what I kind of gleaned from it. You were gonna say, I was gonna, gonna say, say the the dreamlike quality for me extended into actual reality for a little bit because um, just to jump around a bit, there's a scene where Colin Farrell and his new lady friend uh, hook up with a dwarf and some prostitutes that you know he's he's picked up and they're talking in a hotel room and the dwarf goes on about the the coming a coming race war um between blacks and whites and they start to break down you know who's going to side with who in regards to you know all the other races and when that scene was over i was just like that was probably one of the weirdest things i've ever witnessed and i checked <laughs> And I checked the timestamp on the movie, and I was just like, I'm only halfway through this film. It was literally <laughs> at the halfway mark. I was just like, what else is there after this, you know? <laughs> uh, let me let me ask you a question about the about um, about In Bruges. Did you like this movie? I did. Okay, okay. Um, that was um, that whole conversation because I feel like the director of this movie is a dude named Martin McDonough. He I always feel like in especially in future movies he's very clumsy about addressing race. Um and I was interested to hear your take on how he addressed it here. I mean granted it's all cocaine talk to me it sounds like wow these guys are fucking it's a coked out little person um who's obvious who is racist and and the fact that he gets called out at the very end of the at the very end of that whole conversation um kind of encapsulated how i felt about it <laughs> um where uh brendan gleason uh ken the red-haired one the ginger yes. of the two uh <laughs> who is my favorite fucking character in the whole thing um, mm. I I just love the way he goes. Uh, obviously, it's not very PC, but he goes, <laughs> he goes two manky hookers and a racist dwarf. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way he says that. But please, I want I want to hear your take on the whole thing. Uh, on the race aspect, uh, it yeah. was, <laughs> it was it was one of the most um. Uh, clumsy thought patterns on race that I've ever that I've ever heard it it even though in the in the framing of the movie it's it's put up as you know just cocaine talk uh it I think it comes from a place of real honesty I mean it, it it's really hard to put into words I mean who, who we're talking about the way it seemed like the way Colin Farrell looked at it, his character uh, who's uh, called Ray in this film uh, was kind of seeing it. Like if you have known any level of oppression or any injustice, you're going to side with black people. And you know, if you've known nothing but privilege, you'll probably side with uh, white people. Um, So every question that the dwarf kept asking him, or that he asked the dwarf, it seemed like if you're not white, you're going to side with black people. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, I understand where that thinking goes and, but it's coming from a very simple place, but just that whole conversation in and of itself. Um, I feel like it spoke to something that I saw throughout the rest of the movie that life, while it's completely connected 
um, and one thing sort of like tumbles the other, it's all very messy. So okay, okay, it's, it's it's like it's an unorganized spider web. You know, when you look at a usually when you look at a spider web, you see a pattern in it. You can you can trace certain lines. This is like I don't know if if you. <laughs> if you blew weed onto a spider, a spider. <laughs> and then allowed them to make a spider web, that's how it would look like, which is an actual experiment that they've done. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what was what was <laughs> what was the highlight of In Bruges for you? I've got I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of his best. A lot of people are gonna say like uh three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri is like his best movie, but I think it's this one. Um uh, I because it has so many great moments. I think one of the best moments I've I can remember about this movie is when they're in the church of Christ's blood. They're in a church where the the mythology of the church is that there's a vial of Christ's blood that is dry uh, in a vial, and it becomes liquid sometimes. And then you know um, the Brendan Gleeson's character Ken, he's telling Colin Farrell. Um, He's just like, he's he's really into the mythology and the lore of this place. So he's just like, you know, that's a, there's a vial of fucking, of of Christ's blood in in a you know there's a vial of Christ's blood and sometimes you know, it turns into liquid, and they say that it you know it's um it's miraculous and this and that, and Colin Farrell doesn't clearly just doesn't give a fuck, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, Ken's like, uh, uh, Ken's like, I'm gonna go up there and touch it. Do you wanna? Do you wanna come with me? He's like, Do I have to? And the way that, um, <laughs> the way that Ken reacts to Colin Farrell, he's just like, It's just so real. It's so real. Um, <laughs> where he just turns to him and he's like, It just sounds like a parent. He's just like, Of course you don't have to. Of course you don't fucking have. To. You know, he's so <laughs> just wants to beat the shit out of him. I thought that was one of my favorite moments of that whole movie. Um, you know, this the, this time around uh, watching this film, it was it, I, I felt like it was tougher for me to sympathize with Colin Farrell with Ray because mm. uh, he's such a dick, man. Mm. He's just a fucking. And it's so funny because, like, when whenever like uh, he they encounter the dwarf, who we later find out or who is a racist, but initially when we don't know that it's a racist, you know, little person, um, uh, he's always like, "I'm American, but don't hold it against me." Even though, like, he says that, and people ex- keep expecting him to be rude, but it's Ken and Ray who are the rudest people in this fucking movie. Mm, like mm. they, they fat shame that, that group of people. Oh, um, that was, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He just like, sort of like danced around him and, and made the guy chase him. And he was out of breath. I was just like, Oh man. And I was like, these are Americans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Ray punches the lady in the face after she tries to attack him with a bottle, um, <laughs> which leads to one of the funniest fucking lines in the movie where um, they stop that train, and then the train the train guy comes up to Colin Farrell. He come he goes up to him and he's like, "You heat the Canadian." He's like, "You heat the Canadian." <laughs> Uh, 
Oh man, that 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 scene actually made me feel good because from the beginning of the movie, I was just like, "Ooh, man, these accents! I've got I've got to do some work to like cut through this because some of these words are just going over my head because the accents are just so thick." And I'm just like, I thought to myself, "Oh, I'm this uncultured." you know, American with his untrained ear, you know, just suck it up and get used to it. And then that scene, I was just like, oh, okay, well, folks do that to each <laughs> folks do that to each other, too. So, yeah. you know, it's not just not just me. Great. <laughs> but the movie is so full of like dark humor, right? It doesn't it doesn't take the the darkness of it's of it all too seriously. Mm. And that's that's kind of the 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 touch that it it walks this kind of tightrope that I really enjoy where it's like should we be laughing at this I don't know I kind of find it funny um, and it, it just has this I don't know it just has an edge to it that I I haven't felt from uh, that I haven't felt in in a lot of modern movies a lot of modern movies I, I know play it really fucking safe but this is fucking edgy edgy stuff in this movie Hmm. i agree i agree it's it it definitely kept me guessing um i mean the the movie opens up uh unassuming enough and then when we get the flashback to why ray and ken are now in bruges uh because of uh ray's fuck up with his very first hitman assignment um, he kills a priest in a church and uh, in doing so kills a kid. Um, it, that scene sort of like snapped, uh, snapped me from, oh, this movie is very unassuming to, oh, there was some serious shit that um, preceded this. By the way, I went into this movie completely blind. Like I did not read any sort of synopsis. I... Not sure I even heard about this movie before uh, it was suggested for this matchup. So I was just like, all right, let's just go in and see what happens, you know. Um, So once once it snapped in there, I was just like, oh, man, I I hate these guys. They're they're bad people. Um, And though by the end, I still believe that they were bad people. The director did a great job um, of making things not so simple like bad guys bad it's just like there there was an odd um principle behind every character even though even though a lot of these characters were just ter- uh, just terrible people um and some people were just straight up confusing like the co-owner of the hotel that Rain Ken <laughs> was stands were staying in like when they uh when uh, the, I guess, Rain Ken's boss, uh, Harry, played by Ray Fiennes, uh, finally makes his way over to Bruges, he has sort of like this standoff be- uh, with with Ray in the hotel. And the hotel co-owner, who is a pregnant woman, is just like, well, I'm not going to leave because, you know, I own this hotel. I'm just like, yeah, y'all aren't going to put fucking holes in my hotel fucking you know (laughs) bitches be gone you know i was like karen karen what the fuck are you doing like go go you know so it was so weird it was so weird it's like all right 
principles, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of principles, uh, what do you think of uh, Rafe Fiennes' performance or Ralph Rafe, whatever? Um, <laughs> R- Rafe Fiennes' performance as as Harry Waters. Um, he's one of my favorite characters of the movie. Uh, I, I I loved I, I loved his character. Um, for kind of like a. Uh, I felt like it, it, as soon as he's introduced, he starts chewing the scenery really well. And I, I just fucking love everything. He, like the way he overreacts is so I, I love it. I love it all. The way he moves from being scary to uh, almost relatable was brilliant because, you know, he you, you you knew that he was serious. He was about his business. Um, but then when he's having his conversation with Ken, uh, in the cafe, <laughs> and then they go up to the top of the bell tower and have their additional conversation. And then, you know, Harry's just like, "Well, I can't shoot you now after what you just said." Like, you know, you, you know, <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, you know, he's he's kind of he he, uh, you know." <laughs> then they're going down the stairs, and we find out that uh, Ray is still uh, in the city. And uh, Ken and Harry, you know, have a brief struggle and Harry just shoots him in the in the neck in the neck. He definitely nicked a carotid artery. And uh, he was just like, listen, sorry, but if you kill a kid, you got to go. Like, I was just like, yeah, he has an absolute kind of like this is this. That is that, you know, kind of principle to him, which I'm just like, I don't know if. I don't know if I, like I don't at at one point I felt like in my when I first saw this movie I agreed more with his point of view where mm. it's just like you got to live by your principles. Now I'm just like now that I'm m- much older I'm like I don't know if I agree with him at all. Um and and that and that kind of also comes back around to to bite Harry in the face because um he He's got this whole principle of like you can't shoot children. Um, mm. If you do shoot children, you got to kill yourself. And then by the end of the movie, he he shoots what he thinks is a child, mm. but it actually turns out to be that racist little person, um, <laughs> which I I thought was I was just like that's the joke, <laughs> like that's that's the dark joke about this all. It's like it's not a child. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little person. It's a little man. Um, and, uh, then he puts a gun in his mouth and he blows his brains out. Um, but, uh, but before he blows his brains out at, you know, uh, Ray tries to tell him, he's just like, it's, it's not a kid or something like that. And he, well, he's like struggling to breathe because he's like fighting for his life on the ground after after being shot to pieces. Yeah. And, and and Ray takes a, uh, I'm sorry. And then Harry takes a second. He puts the gun to the side and he goes like. You got to have principles. And then he puts his the gun in his mouth and just pulls the trigger. I was just like, wow. Wow, that was nuts. And, and before we, 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 we move on from that, can I just say, do do dumb, dumb bullets really do that to to human flesh? Because that dwarf's head was completely blown off. All that was left was his jaw. His jaw, right. Like, um, can those bullets, can dumb, dumb bullets really do that? I don't know. All I know is that 
I mean, I've been on websites where I've seen fucking gore, like the 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 harm that bullets can cause the human body. You know, in my younger years, like when I was a teenager, I was just like, oh, I want to see, you know, fucking what's it called? That rotten dot com <laughs> where all it shows is fucking, you know, gunshot wounds and celebrities getting you know, who got mm-hmm. their faces blown off and shit like that. And um, I'm like, uh, bullets in themselves can probably do that. Um, they can. I mean, I've talked I've talked to a former guest of the show, um, fr- friend of the show, um Larry, uh, who who's ah, an yes. EMT, <laughs> Larry, the EMT. And he he was just like, yeah, I saw one one time he was just telling me this story uh, and he was just like, yeah, I, I was I was doing a, a run and we were picking up this guy that got shot and he got shot in the head and his the half half of his head was gone. Um, and, you know, uh, to which I, I felt a little queasy, but. You know, Larry's seen some shit, so he's just like, you know, that's the life. <laughs> it's like, God damn. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah, I, I'm pretty certain that bullets that that uh, I, I, it's like hollow points or some shit can yeah. do that to 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 the human body. So um, that actually took Sabrina by surprise. She's seen this movie uh, uh, a few times already, and she was just like, God, I forgot how gory this movie is. <laughs> So I was like, wow, man, this, if it takes her aback, because she's, she's her, her stomach, sometimes it's stronger than mine. So, mm. uh, how does she feel about doo-doo? <laughs> she's fine with it. Okay. You know, everybody poops. <laughs> I know. Well, I guess it de- it depends how it's presented. Cause I know with you and bodily fluids, no. uh, yeah. no, you know, likey. No, I don't like you. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have shown me like two girls, one cup videos. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and um, and I a part uh, a small part of me is dead. So um, <laughs> the less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. you're you're trying to keep it together now. I can see it. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Woo. All right. L- let me ask you Whatever, a guy. Man, I don't give a shit. <laughs> let me ask you a guy question, dude. Let's okay. say, let's say you were you were offered a job two hundred and twenty two hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year in a waste treatment plant. Would you do it? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Like what are we talking? Not, but you got to be specific. Like what? What exactly am I going to be doing? Like you got to, you got to monitor, you got to monitor like the river of waste that comes through the plant, and you know make sure there's nothing extra weird about it. It's just like oh, you know the consistency, <laughs> the consistency's a little thicker today, but it's all right. Um, if you happen to see like a foot in there. You got to fish it out, though. That's what I was expecting that. I was like, he's either going to say there's going to be a foot in there or there's going to be a monster in there. And then uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to have to react to it. Well, like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I guess I'd still do. I mean, if the benefits are it's not just the pay, but if the benefits are not, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get voice work. Uh, so I'm I'm I'm. uh <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm wondering if the 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 scheduling is flexible. So <laughs> I'm know, sure gotta keep gotta keep my artistry alive, yo. Hey, there's uh, <laughs> there are multiple shifts, so I'm sure they they'd be able to you know uh, accommodate you. You know, I mean okay. the river the flow never stops. Let's put it that way. No, of course not. All right, good to and know. It always, yeah, <laughs> and it always rolls downhill or whatever. Um, <laughs> l- let me let me uh, ask you. The dialogue is one of the the big draws of this movie. There are so many moments in this movie where I was just like, the lines in this are so great. Like, uh, it's my, it's got my favorite use of the c word, uh, where you know Ken tells Harry he's just like. You know, because he's just like, uh, he's like, I've got the, you know, Harry's like, I got the potential to change. And Ken's like, yeah, you got the potential to change into an even bigger cunt. It's like, (laughs) I'm sorry, Harry. I don't mean any respect. And I love whenever someone starts their their line of insults with that with that phrase. I don't mean any disrespect, but you're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. <laughs> Problem is, you're probably going to turn into an even bigger cunt and probably have more, some more cunt kids. And he's like, shut the fuck up about my cunt fucking kids. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> like, why would he even agree to refer to his kids that way? Um <laughs> It's that it's that family thing. It's just like I could talk about my family, but you can't talk about. Yeah, my yeah, right, right, right. Um, and then I there's mean, that he called his wife an inanimate object. I mean, yes, that was one of my other favorite fucking parts, where he just he has this fucking freak out on the phone where he's just like <laughs> smashing it to bits, and she's like, "Harry, what the fuck are you doing?" He's like. It's she's like it's an inanimate object. And he's like, You're an inanimate object. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been that mad where I've just Yeah, I don't, where, where you I've, just lose it all. I just like took all, the last thing that she says to me and I'm just like, No, you're insert here, you know. It is you who is the worst one. <laughs> It's very immature, but I love it. It's so it reeks of play, like <laughs> playground insults. Um, there's also um, where where uh, Ray is partying with the uh, with the sex workers and with the little person, and then he starts taking all the drugs away. He's just like, "All right, I'm out of here." He's like, "Hey, hey, hey! Don't take the cocaine." He's like. He's, he puts up his hand like, yeah, you know, and the little guy's like, you don't know karate, man. And then he karate chops him in the in like the, the shoulder and he goes, ah, keels over. Oh, there's so many great moments in this movie. Oh, man. Yeah, the, it, it was definitely littered with so many great interactions that you're just like this. This world is just. It seems so far away, but you could see this happening. You know, you could walk into a yeah. room at any moment and see that. Yeah, or the guy who's like the alcoves, the <laughs> alcoves in Conigan Astrid Park. Ah, yes, Yuri, <laughs> Yuri, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the in the <laughs> movie. He was just like, what the fuck was up with that guy? You know what? I love his house. Truth. 
his house yes. was fucking unbelievable. It was it was the it was the um the Belgian Sanctum Santorum is what it was. <laughs> to me, I was just like, yeah, that that looks like what a what a, a Euro Eastern European scumbag's house would look like. It's like full of guns, stolen art. Um, you know, there's probably all kinds of seedy pornography hidden all over the place. Oh, jeez. Uh, Still so, on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, stolen from people's hotels rooms. You know, it, it's just like if this guy has got all the secrets, right? <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I, I say I love this movie. I'm glad you liked it. Because I, I was very curious as to see what your what your take on it was. Well, you you usually make you know great picks, so I I knew that I knew I was in for something um, when I uh, queued this movie up. But uh, I got to say, uh, Ken's death um, oh, near, near the man. end of this movie, he he decided after he got shot in the neck that he was going to. Um, he was just going to off himself, and that was going to be his way to sig- to signal to Ray that you know Harry is after you. So heads up, you know. Um, <laughs> That's and, one fucking way to do it. Yeah. I mean, he he just he didn't have the strength to make it down the stairs. I mean, he lost True. so much blood just getting up there. You saw the trail of just. I mean, if you saw something like that in real life, you're like somebody around here is dead. This is a lot of yeah. blood. Um, but before he did that. He dropped his uh, euros uh, so that they would hit the street and the people at ground level would be like, holy shit, somebody's dropping stuff from up high. Let's avoid this particular area so that when he fell, you know, he wouldn't inadvertently kill somebody else. I was just like, wow, again, terrible guy, but fucking principled in his own weird way. He hit the ground and he splattered like part of him splattered i'm sure you saw that but he yeah. lit, but he was still alive though for a yeah. little while i was just like that that seems practically impossible to me i i i'm sure it probably happens though i mean you know it the human body is really weird like that um why do you think ken was was a was a bad guy uh because i found him to be the most uh, sympathetic of all of them He's a hitman. Of everyone in this movie, huh? He's a hitman. All right. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I, I get I get where you're coming from. Like, I actually liked Ken, you know? Like, I was just like, oh, this guy, you know, he was going to take out Ray, and then he saw Ray was going to take himself out, and he was just like, hey, hey whoa, 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 don't, don't, don't take it too far here, you know? Um, <laughs> I love his reaction to that was like... Um, he shows up and he, he sees Colin Farrell's about to off himself and he's like, hey, hey, stop that. And then um, Colin Farrell's like surprised that he's there. He's like surprised <laughs> that he showed up at the park exactly at the moment where he was going to off himself. And then he turns around and he sees that Ken's got a gun. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson's got a gun. And he's like, what's that you got there? He's like, nothing. And he put, like, <laughs> puts it behind his back. <laughs> Something so childlike about that that I was just like, oh, man. This is the kind of movie where I was just like, uh, oh man, I would love to do. I know it'd be it'd be sacrilegious, sacrilegious, um, <laughs> sacrilegious to make <laughs> to make a, a a remake 
to make a remake or reboot out of this movie but it's it's something that i would love to like i'd love to be like you can either be colin farrell or you can be brendan gleason we should be these characters holy an american version of that Oh, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'd end up somewhere we don't want to be, but it's nice to like it's nice in theory. Where would that be? <laughs> um, <laughs> now's our opportunity to shit talk other places we want to go. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking somewhere in Florida. Oh, in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Guaranteed to see some weird ass shit down there. Um, So, yeah. Oh, man. Like (laughs) in Tampa. Like that's that's the American remake starring. There you go. (laughs) In Tampa. In Tampa. All right. So uh, let's switch switch over. Um, yes. But before we do, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. To the American. The uh, American. It uh, came out in 2010, directed by Anton uh, Corbin. Yeah, Anton Corbin. The J is silent. And... Yes. Uh, Starring George Clooney. George Clooney. Um, so, can I just say right off the bat, I don't understand George Clooney's career. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't get. Uh, I, I don't get why he's had so many opportunities. It, it, I mean, yeah, it smacks of of white privilege, but there is. Um, there's just something about. His acting style, the way he approaches characters, the fact that he's only had one hit under his belt for his entire career. Uh, like, his, it, like what's the other hit other than Ocean's Eleven? Um, Don't say 12 or 13 because those are diminishing returns. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he wasn't really the star of those movies either. It was an ensemble God, right. di- God damn. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess his his stint on what was he on? He was one on, on one of those medical shows. Was it Grey's Anatomy or um, he was on ER? But ER, yeah. But he that was, wasn't really that was a hit show. Okay. Okay. But um, um, he was Batman. Sorry. <laughs> that. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like. Even in Batman, he's still pulling that like smirky, like <laughs> I'm so handsome kind of like like uh, acting style. That I'm just like, why does he keep getting work? Hey, freeze! He, the heat is just... on. Sorry, <laughs> you didn't pick a Schwarzenegger one. You had to go for the fucking Batman. Like horrible quote from Batman and Robin, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, he he laid into that one, you know. <laughs> All I can remember him saying from that movie was, um, "This is why Superman works alone." And I was just like, "Ugh, really? Hey, really? You know, this is the way we're going." That was uh, the possible uh, jumping off point for the DCEU, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't make a lot of references, right? That that could have been, you know, I, I bet from that point that would have brought in the Nicolas Cage version of Superman. Uh, so imagine seeing that on screen: uh, Clooney Batman and Cage Superman. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I don't even know what to call that. I just <laughs> I keep thinking about that that quote from fucking uh, what's that movie Armageddon? Where uh, remember that movie Armageddon? Where yeah. Bruce Willis and his crew are like walking in slow motion towards the rocket. <laughs> and one of the one of the scientists turns to the other and he's like, "Talk about the wrong stuff, right?" <laughs> That's the guy who said that is our our favorite guy who we quoted quite often on uh, earlier RVT episodes. Uh, oh, is that William Fickner? Yes, is that it the guy is. Who's like you and your friends are dead. That yep, that was him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love that guy. <laughs> Proven track record right there. Um. But yeah, uh, George Clooney's career—he, it's just—I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. He's had so many flops. Like Tomorrowland flopped. Batman and Robin flopped. Oh no, Batman and yeah, Batman and Robin. Um, what a, what a, what's the other one? The Peacemaker flopped. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, what was it? uh, That movie Up in the Air. Did you ever see that one? That was like an indie movie. It was kind of a hit, but it's not like he like he's never had like a. It's not like Tom Cruise where he's like, you know, Mission Impossible, you know, okay. Top Gun, you know, Days of Thunder. Wow, I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you make but, a good point, though. I'm now that I think about, it, I'm just like, yeah, what what has he been in that's been like great, you know? I mean, the American. I I found it to be a good movie. Uh, I mean, it's it's a different take on the themes that I felt are similar between In Bruges and The American. Uh, but I don't know. What did you think of it? Um, I enjoyed the pacing of this movie. Uh, it was. I, at first, I thought, okay, this is gonna this is gonna lose me at certain points, but surprisingly, it didn't. Uh, I think mostly because it had this really unique way of immersing you in the Italian countryside. Every single shot of Italy, I was just like, oh, this is a beautiful country. Like, yeah, I know, I know right? <laughs> it's just like, fuck, no wonder people go here. Like, it's just every shot, just beautiful mountains, old architecture. Um, uh, the people just seem like living beautiful lives. You know, even the, even the background characters, you, you start to wonder like, huh, I wonder where they're going. I bet they're going to do some real European shit, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> grab a bunch of baguettes and just go down the river and just to like, ah, life and sex and life, you know, and flowers. <laughs> All the food Meanwhile, is delicious. I'm, I'm, yeah, all the food is fucking delicious. The sights are beautiful. The air is crisp. Nothing to worry about. No social media. No Twitter. Like saying that your points of view are wrong. Um, <laughs> just you know, no, no being you know, uh, you know, reflective of your own toxic masculinity. Just you know, beauty as far as the eye can see. <laughs> And and I'm just sitting there being like, what the fuck, man? 
it just made the pandemic all the more bitter. <laughs> Even the prostitutes were like super sophisticated. They they didn't look like, you know, your run of the mill working girls, you know, they're just it's like you'd had you like you still had even though you were paying them you still had to seduce them you know it was yeah, it was it weird was, <laughs> well the sex workers were just like you know they're like they're just like yeah we're doing this but at the same time you know we have day lives we go to the supermarket <laughs> and, and but, but the, the the movie actually brought up a, a serious kind of double sidedness to that because there was when uh, when uh, George Clooney's uh, when when his character Jack slash Edward brings his his uh, uh, sex worker girlfriend into the uh, uh, restaurant, like the high end restaurant of that Italian village, mm-hmm. the waiters were just like, "God, you know, uh, I have to serve her," you know. Um, and it brought a, it. It's it. It was just like, "Geez, man." It's the oldest profession in the world, mm-hmm. and it like to like even to this day it just gets zero respect from every, like people are just like oh disgusting, and I'm just like ah oh, man this is it's it sucks that how how long uh, like how little hum he like human society has progressed. I mean, I know that's asking a lot because it's set in a small village and, you know, people are kind of like, you know, um, their their knowledge of, of like, uh, society in general might be uh, limited. Um, mm. I know that's a sweeping generalization, but coming from the movie's point of view, that's what it's trying to say. So That's, um, a, that's an interesting take on that scene because I didn't pick up on that. I thought... Oh, really? I thought that okay. the waiter was um, suspect of uh, Jack... Uh, because he could sort of tell that he was an American. Uh, I think that I think when he brought up the point of, you know, would you like an English menu, sir? Like, oh, you come to this country and you don't even speak the language. And I thought that he was being well, I, I thought he was also at the same time being misogynistic, like, oh, it's the man who um makes the order oh, yeah, you know? yeah 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 you're right you're right you're but right but i but i do see your perspective like i hadn't thought of that it is a small town and she made the comment of you know oh small town people uh asking too many questions and stuff like that maybe they knew that she was um she was a sex worker and were throwing was trying to throw some kind of shade so it's interesting it's it, that that scene alone um demonstrates a certain amount of complexity it's just like what were they trying to say yeah um i noticed that just the there uh, it's interesting uh when when movies tackle the 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 situation involved with sex work um and they're just like you know people in general just view sex workers as lesser human beings Mm. when it's just like i mean it it, to me it's just it it reek it smacks of hypocrisy because i mean like what's the most popular uh genre of film and it's it ain't superhero movies you know um (laughs) talking about porn people people fucking (laughs) um 
it's what and, and it's still, what built the internet <laughs> yeah it's what built the internet that's right and still people like go after uh viciously go after like porn stars on twitter and just like all right i'm sorry i'm making it about other uh, this other thing when obviously we're talking about a hitman hiding <laughs> in the italian countryside <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he's building a gun. Yeah, the whole movie. The whole movie is just him building a gun for the pregnant uh, hotel owner from in Bruges. I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, we should we should uh, take down the Dan Hedaya you know me- scale of measuring films, and we're gonna put up put up that that actress. What's her name? Uh, her name is Thekla Rutin. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronounce, pronouncing it right. Thecla Rutan. Um, she's been... It, it was a back-to-back Thecla Rutan fest, <laughs> these two movies. I I didn't even realize that that was the same actress. You're right, right? It's like... She's like kind of like a chameleon that way. It was like yeah. two very different characters. One is like warm and very pregnant. The <laughs> other one is ruthless and very driven to kill George Clooney, to which I was like, eh. <laughs> You're like, get him. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she failed, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Clooney set her up fucking nice, dude. I got to say, though, um, the part of the movie that really that really grabbed me was the gun-making scenes. Like... There's something about, I mean, you know me, I, I, I like to build stuff and work with my hands and seeing him like be meticulous about putting this thing together. Uh, when he got his initial shipment from wherever he placed that order uh, and got some photography supplies, but in there was an additional supply that was another part of the gun. And as he went about putting it together, when he got those spare parts from the um auto mechanic that was the uh illegitimate son of the priest um he was just picking up like all these metal parts and he was like how much for this and the guy was just like i just take it and he machined that stuff into a suppressor for for the gun i was just like oh god i love all of this now, uh, disclaimer for, for any authorities that are listening to this podcast, I am not going to be getting into gun making. Uh, I build arcades, all right, <laughs> and and furniture. That's what I do. You're turning. You're tuning into Ernesto lands himself on a government list only on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is not my manifesto. <laughs> he said in his manifesto. Um, <laughs> Which uh, oddly rhymed Ernesto's manifesto. Like, geez, dude, really? Yeah. Is that the place that you want to play? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the wording you're going with. <laughs> Look, it would. It has a nice ring to it, and uh, I think it'd get a lot of media spin. So, right. you know. Okay. All right. Cool. So. Uh, so anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you are now uh, an accomplice. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> I'm an accessory. I'm an accessory. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like this, the, uh, both in Bruges and this movie ha- had these dreamlike sequences. The oh, the big difference is 
in Bruges had this dark humor tone to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the American did very much did not have mm-hmm. that tone to it. It was more meditative, more moody. Um, and George Clooney's character, Jack, didn't reminisce on, you know how Colin Farrell was just like, I killed a kid. And every other scene where he's not cracking jokes, he's just falling apart at the seams. Yeah. Not not the case with Clooney. He killed his girlfriend right at the top of this movie. And then he's just like, <laughs> meh. <laughs> Damn. Like, that was that was some cold shit at the beginning, man. It was just like, well, she knows what I do. She's got to die. Bam. You know. <laughs> I'm like, why did she, why did he have to kill her? Oh, because he's not supposed to be there. Right, right. And he, I mean, he had a brief moment of reflection where he had a nightmare that he could still see her in the snow, but that was it, you know? That was it. That was the most, most reflecting he's ever done in the movie. I don't know. I just thought he had the wackest fucking tattoo of a butterfly on his back. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been more interesting like, had it been a tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah, no, really. He's just rocking a tramp stamp with the cutoffs and like the whole movie. Like it would have been a very different movie. <laughs> I don't know if like the you know um uh his his girlfriend would have taken him as seriously if he would have approached her with a fucking tramp stamp and cutoffs. But uh That's true, that's true. But it is Europe. Would have been, so you never it would have been bold. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right. <laughs> So, uh, what it, so what did you think of The American? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, probably not as much as In Bruges, but uh, I, I definitely appreciated uh, a lot about this film. I, in my opinion, and look, I know you have your feelings about George Clooney, and I'm not going to step on any of that, but I think out of his catalog of films, this is probably closer to the top. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's definitely one of the most tasteful of the Clooney, the Clooneyology uh, <laughs> that I've seen. Um, and uh, all right. So which do you think is the superior movie in Bruges or the American in Bruges? Definitely okay. in Bruges. Yeah, it's just it, it's just better woven all throughout. Um, the American is is well done, but there were I th- mm. There were times where I felt it was artsy just for artsy's sake, especially at the end. Um, I appreciate the connection they tried to make with the butterfly earlier on and him saying, like, oh, it's endangered. Like, all right, somehow we're supposed to believe that this guy knows this. Sure, whatever. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Then at the end... It's like, he likes bugs. (laughs) Fuck him. And at the end with his death by the river and we see the same butterfly, you know, uh, it would have been metaphor. Yeah. You know, I mean, I felt yeah. like I felt like the butterfly should have had a gun at a certain point. Or would have been what would have been really great if we would have zoomed into the butterfly and seen a tattoo of George Clooney on its back. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Like the the butterfly turns to Clooney and he's like, I got a lame tattoo too, and it's his face, <laughs> just like with that smirk. That <laughs> you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with Embruge. Both movies I think are classics, but uh, Embruge, it it just it it 
it offers more. Uh, yeah. And it's you know what's weird is that both these movies end very similarly. Yeah. Uh, with um, you know um, the the main characters like on the precipice of death, like reaching for their loved ones. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I think the American. I think even though that being said, in Bruges comes out on top, but I think. George Clooney's Jack would massacre both Ray and Ken in a, in a, in a gunfight. Yeah, he's far more focused than uh, yeah. than Ray or Ken. Ray might end up shooting Ken accidentally. Just being like, oh, damn, and he fucking shoots himself in the face. Um, but anyway... Uh, I think that the, that about wraps her up, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. This was this was a good matchup this week, really good. Yeah, all right, cool. So, uh, so there you have it, all wrapped up in a nice little bundle for your listening enjoyment. Uh, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo, and together we are the Robots versus Texas program on Radio Free Brooklyn. And while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. I wrote this song for my lady. If I had a hammer. If I had a hammer, I'd build a house for two And if I had a sailing ship, I'd take a trip with you And if I had a poet's hand, I'd write a verse for thee And if I had the painter's touch, on canvas you would be But I don't have a hammer, and I don't have a ship So I can't build a house, and we can't take a trip And I'll never be a poet, nor have the painter's grace So I'll never write your verse nor immortalize your face And also, I have herpes It's for my lady!